0: Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome back to Twin Cities by Night and our third story arc, Dread. Dread is set in the Twin Cities of Minnesota, Minneapolis, and St. Paul in the hot and humid summer of 2011. Join us again and continue to follow the journey of Katao, played by Quinn and William played by Slavic, as they continue to traverse the dark society held within the Twin Cities. They'll be joined by three new kindred, Warren, a Tremere, played by Adam, Valentine, a Nosferatu played by Alex, and Lenny, a Nosferatu played by Andrew. The quarter will find themselves joined together by a sense of dread. If you'd like to contact us, you can follow us on Twitter at Twin underscore Cities underscore VTM or Facebook at Twin Cities by Night. We hope you enjoy. Warren, you awaken in your bed and you're overwhelmed with a sense of duty, right? Because every morning you wake and no matter what occurred the evening before is expected of you to do your checks, right? Absolutely. So when you're doing your checks, you slowly make your way through this house. And as you walk into the foyer of this home, the circular area, which we've had you at plenty of times before, you hear a sound coming from upstairs in the direction of Cynthia's chamber. A chamber in a room where you usually don't go in, and you hear coming from this room the soft moanings of pleasure coming from a female up there that are in sexual nature. Now they're not loud, they're not obnoxious, but they are there. Are you continuing on with your checks, or what is going on in your mind right now when you hear that?
1: Warren will pause for a second. He'll turn on heightened senses, hearing to get a better sense of what's going on. But he will uh, only pause for a moment. He'll discreetly continue his duties. He doesn't want to invoke her wrath. And when you
0: turn on the heightened senses, hearing, you just kind of just hear the sound of love making a crane. But it, it, if you were to guess, it would. Seems feminine in nature now. I mean, you're not hearing like vivid, distinctual details that would come to your head, but you could definitely hear it sounds like two females are up there enjoying the pleasure of each other. And as you're processing that and you start doing your checks again, you make your way down that first floor hallway that you long ago, almost 60 years ago, pulled Cynthia from danger. 60 years ago, you were in this very house. You were in that very room where you heard that sound coming from. You were in a canopy bed. You were just got done making love to her. You were infatuated with her. And the attack happened. And it's still hard for you to wrap your mind around exactly what happened because it was total chaos. You just know that in a a flurry of instinct and survivalism, you rushed out, and you were pulling her along down those steps as you heard screams coming from the upper hallway, or even screams from coming down there. In that very for- foray that you had lost yourself in, or stood in through this whole story. The floors were slick with blood and ash, and you could just hear chaos all around you as you're dodging blows that were inadvertently almost striking you. And you were able to, like, get her down that hallway into a room and bust that window open and, like, get her out of that window as you yourself got out that window, only to have every single other resident that was in this chantry meet their final death, which, in turn, not only caused emotional damage to her, but also made her hate you with the survival guilt where she felt that she survived and it was because of you and and because of you she did she, she she did not meet her final death like she should have and it was at that moment that you unknowingly caused this the beginnings of this horrible relationship between you and her that once had been physical and full of love where you lost your wife and your son and they had left you your career went to shit because of her and you're thinking about this as you're going down this hallway, and you're doing your checks, and bo- you lost track of time, and then like thirty minutes had went by, and you hear a voice going through this intercom system, one that you had installed yourself, and you hear it's Cynthia's voice, and she says, "Warren, come to the steps. We need to talk."
1: Warren's going to cringe a little, and he's going to uh, dread this, but he will obey. As you walk
0: towards Down the hallway, back towards the foray, you see these steps that go up. And these steps kind of like go up in a curved motion. There's about 20 of them. They're made of hardwood. The floor in this place is all hardwood. But you see it has like one of those kind of like red rugs that are taped down or glued down that kind of go up the middle of it. And you look up and you see along the wooden banister three people. On the left, almost like where the hallway starts where you couldn't see any further, you see jenna standing there and jenna's wearing like this summer dress of sorts it goes down to her knees it's kind of like sky blue it's a beautiful contrast to her paler skin and you see she's holding on with both hands to the banister and she's just like looking down at you but then you're you look towards the right towards the stairs and you see you see this woman that for but a brief moment made you forget about your existence and you see Melissa standing there and she has this white silk bathrobe on and it's open along the front so you can see like the inside curve of her breast and you can see her pubic area she has this glazed look over her eyes her face looks a little slack and you see behind her with her face going over Melissa's shoulder Cynthia and you see her brown almond shaped eyes and her hair that goes straight down the sides looking down at you and you see this smile slowly breaks Cynthia's features and she's like and she gently rests her chin on Melissa's shoulder and she's like Warren you fucked up Warren didn't you
1: so what's the difficulty of this frenzy roll
0: I will say difficulty four two successes oh two successes so you feel like this like, the beast come out for a little bit, and then you your, your drive of purpose, of loyalty to the clan, forces it in. And then you see, like, when you don't answer right away, Cynthia, like, comes out from behind her and, like, stands next to Melissa, to the left of Melissa. So, she's kind of like, Jenna's, like, about 10 feet to the right of Cynthia looking down on you, and she's right to the right of Melissa. And you see Melissa just kind of standing there, arms to her side, slacked face, like she's not processing what's going on. And you see Cynthia look down at you. She's like, Warren, every time you touch something, you mess it up. You know, I had to embrace you because you attracted the attention of someone else. You had to mess it up there. Countless things, Warren, you touch. Like when I should have died with my brothers and my sisters, you fucked it up, and now this. Now you have where the prince of our city and the council themselves want you excommunicated. They want you gone. They want you wiped out. What am I supposed to do with that, Warren? Nothing would bring me more pleasure to see your life ended. Maybe I would, and you see her like turn to the, le- the left of her and move the hair a little bit of Melissa out of her face. Maybe she could replace you. You seem to see something in her. Maybe it was her who was the distraction to you. And you see her slowly, like, look at her, like, move her face towards a little bit, look in her eyes. She's like, I can understand. She tastes good. I enjoyed it. But,
2: no, I don't
0: know. Jenna tells me to show mercy. Maybe I will do that. But all I know, William, is you have to get punished. Right? Right, Warren?
1: What was my error?
0: Why would you go to someone's domain and cause the mayhem that you did? Why would you do that, Warren?
1: What mayhem? Right now,
0: in the northern part of this city, there's a riot that is still going on that I have been told you caused with your friends, your newly found friends, by the way.
1: I caused no such riot. I simply jumped off a roof when you say I simply
0: jumped off a roof, you feel the words leave your mouth. And by the way, I just rolled this and I got five successes. So as you say, I simply just jumped off the roof. You feel like yourself shaken for a second and you feel yourself like going down to your knees on the ground. And you're, it's almost like your body is moving like against its own will. Like you can't control it right now. And you just kind of feel like your chest starting to come out and your abdominal and your core starting to sink in and your back start to arch and you feel like your hands are starting to slowly come out on you and you feel like like you feel like almost like your head is getting like pulled up against this wheel like there's like a rope that's being pulled up against it and you feel like you're sitting there and you feel like yourself like your cheeks start like collapsing upon themselves and you feel like you almost like want to breathe and you even feel your like your body going like almost through the motion and you just see like and you feel like out of your mouth starting something slowly starting to like like come up and you realize that it's your vitae that's starting to slowly come up from your mouth and almost as it's like about to break out of your out of your mouth and where normally it would like sprue out you see like as it bubbles out of your mouth you see it slowly starting to like dissipate in front of you almost like you see it float for quick seconds where it's like in your eyesight and then it just like like almost like slowly like like you probably didn't even see it you feel yourself like being shrunken almost like what's your blood pool at by the way right now
1: presently it's a six okay
0: now you're down to one and what happened is that you feel yourself almost like being your body is arching and you feel like your body is fighting itself and you can't feel this like it keeps coming up from your throat and it's like escaping your mouth and there's a moment where like you realize what is happening almost like you don't know what is happening but you feel like like this isn't stopping like this should stop like she she normally stops right like she makes you feel pain and she makes you but you haven't felt this before and like you know that like she needs to stop soon and you start like in your in your mind like the last bits of sanity that are in there that you 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 almost like want to beg it's almost like you're forcing yourself out like you're like sitting there trying to connect with her and you're like seeing through your eyes her looking down and that's all you can focus on as a smile and then you hear from you hear cynthia stop you got no fucking stop and all of a sudden you look and you see like jenna just come behind cynthia and she just like almost like grabs her and they both like go over the banister like fall over each other and you like see them land like right in front of you when they land you kind of like feel yourself like (gasps) like you can breathe again but you you know you're not breathing but you feel like in control of yourself again and as you see like them hit the hard wood you see like jenna fall on top of cynthia and you see cynthia has this look on her face like, like 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 ultimate betrayal like she doesn't understand and you just see like jenna take her grab her on the side of her head and you see jenna's thumbs are going in cynthia's eyes and you just hear this popping sound as i like, prop 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 and you hear them going through and you see jenna no no and she's like slamming cynthia's head into this hardwood and she looks at you she's like fucking help me help me right now and you see her screaming at you what are you doing
1: uh fuck i'm blood bound um shit the blood bound to the clan not that's true, again, right? I mean, it's kind of a predicament you're in, right? Yeah, but she's my clan superior, so technically I can't really do it. But yeah. Jenna's also my clan superior, and she's kind of giving me an order. Uh, but you give me a self control roll, killer. Difficulty? Yeah, yeah. they are down I'll to do one blood pool right now. Ooh, my one d ten. What difficulty do you want? Six, please.
0: Oh, botch. The moment where you see Jenna look at you, and you see her fangs are out, and you see like. Thumbs are in Cynthia's eyes, like in, like they popped her eyes and she's like sitting there and she screams and she's like, how you leap and you're on Cynthia's arm. And you feel that vitae, the vitae she stole and added her soul to go into your mouth and you feel it slowly making its way and you're fighting it because now you, you not only want to. Make her pay for all the pain that she did to you or what she did to Melissa. You still love her. And there's a moment where those thoughts come over, but then you feel the beast coming out. And you slowly feel that go from love to survival. And unlike any other victim that you've done this to, you don't hear a heartbeat. It's just a endless river of emotion. You start seeing slowly as you lose yourself. You don't hear anything, Warren. You don't hear Jenna. You don't see anything. You're just lost in yourself. You're almost more in tune than a lot of kindred are to who they are, to themselves. And you feel while you're doing this a presence. It's complete dark right now. And you feel this warm presence right now. And you realize this is the woman that you loved at one point in her purest. And you feel her mingling with you. It's almost like the first time you made love with her after you unknowingly had her vitae. But it's of the soul. It's like that pure moment where you know you're absolutely in love. And it's almost like you don't want it ever to end. Cause when I mentioned last session when you and William kind of felt a connection and you were alone in that elevator and how you felt at ease, this is peace. This isn't being at ease. This is total, absolute peace that is happening now. And you start realizing that you now are truly knowing this woman that you served and loved, you start having these memories that start entwining with yours. You see these memories of being an immigrant girl somewhere on the East Coast. You think it's Boston. You see like horses going along these muddy roads as she is going between different families with her mom holding her hand. You think she's maybe like 13. When you know that her mother, who's from Sicily, takes her to these other immigrant families because she knows that her daughter has some kind of gift. She thinks she's been blessed to help families find their way, to help them understand things that they don't seem to understand. That her daughter, who is 12 or 13 right now, seems to be wise beyond her years and seems to be someone who people now seek for advice. And her mom doesn't do this for any kind of personal gain her mom does this for like a religious reason for for the Holy church thinking that her daughter has been blessed and then you cut to this memory of being taken in the middle of the night and having these men steal you steal you throw a hood upon your head so you don't know where you're going take you into this carriage throw you somewhere where it's cold and wet and do uns- these men do unspeakable things to you Things that no 13-year-old girl should ever have done to her. And after like days or who knows, an eternity of that happened to her. Finally, this hood is taken off her. And she sees a man sitting in a chair in front of her. It's a man who's wearing like a three-piece suit with a vest that's charcoal gray. Has these really well-shined black shoes. He has gray short hair. That's cut to the style of a hard part with a razor fade. And he has this thick gray mustache and he speaks in the Scottish voice and he tells this girl that she needs to forget her family because she's going to become part of a new family and that she's attracted the attention of this man's mistress and that she needs to slowly break herself of what she is to realize what potential she will offer her new family. And he tells her that she's lucky that she's being chosen like this. And these talks go on. Like he comes by in between these horrible scenes and tragedies that continue to happen to her to her by these kidnappers, but she never gives up and there's a moment where one of these men, when he took off his jacket, had a pair of reading spectacles that had fallen out, and he forgot them, and she hid them, and she continued to play this Scottish man when he could come and visit her. She found out his name was Roman, and she eventually con- convinced him to let her untied so they could sit there and talk as equals and in one open opportunity she was able to stab him in the eye with these glasses with the frames of these glasses and escape barely but she knew at this time that she couldn't go back to her family she didn't even know she still had a family she just knew she had to get out of boston she had to flee out of boston and soon she found herself on a train she didn't know where she was going to go she ended up soon finding herself going into the Dakota territories she found that every evening when she sat on this train dirty being looked at by these guests that this one man would always come to speak to her and he saw that she was scared and frightened and timid and she was almost borderline catatonic at the state at the stage but eventually he slowly got her to start opening up he seemed trustworthy and soon when they got to st. anthony in the Dakota territories, he brought her into the ranks and he ended up being her sire in a chantry in a town that soon became St. Paul and then soon became one of the two Twin Cities. And as that memory slowly fades away, you realize what you're doing at that moment. You realize that that is the last you are ever going to hear of her and that's the last that you're ever going to feel of her and that maybe. Deep inside the recesses of your mind, you might be able to touch that again, but you don't know. And the sadness overtakes you. And next thing you know, you see yourself on your knees looking down at ash and a bathrobe and blood. And you see, like, Jenna is on her knees in front of you and she's slowly lifting up your head and her hands have blood on them too. And you see her fangs out and you see slowly Jenna comes in and kisses you and she pulls you down with her as you guys grow entangled together. So let's talk mechanics. I need you to roll me a conscience roll, please. Difficulty eight. You automatically lose a dot of humanity, by the way. So you're down to four right now. So if you can roll me a conscience roll, difficulty eight, it would be mucho appreciated.
1: Zero successes.
0: So you lose an additional dot of humanity. So now you're down to humanity of three. Yep. Uh, What's your generation again?
1: It was eighth.
0: Yeah, you're down to, she's your sire. You're down to 7th. Yep. And then, I, why did I even ask that? I should have known that. And then, um, I need you to roll me 1d10, please. Yeah, 1 dot in Thaumaturgy now. Path of Blood, 1 dot. And how we'll do this in-game is we'll say that, like, you just find, it's, the, it's like the little essence of Cynthia that's left in you. You just feel you know now.
1: Yeah, it makes sense. Do I get to pick a ritual with that, or is it just the uh, discipline power? You can pick a ritual, but we'll figure that out. Yeah, out of yeah.
0: You find yourself like you and Jenna right now in this, excuse me, mixture of ash and blood that's like spread on this wood floor. You find yourself like you and her are living this facade of like sex being used as a way for two people consenting people to forget about a pain or a tragedy that affected them both. Now, this is something that kindred don't often do, but this is oftentimes something that sometimes they do do. And I'm not going to get into the details of it, but you and her are lost there. And then, when you're done, you both are sitting there naked. And Jenna slowly gets up. I mean, like this dress she had on is just disgusted. And you are sitting there now. Before I continue on with the scene, what's going on in your
1: mind, Warren? Uh, Warren has no idea. He's just completely lost at the moment. Uh, there's just Such a rut, he's numb. It's too much, too much emotional input. He has no idea how to handle it, and he's very close to some sort of break. Yeah, I mean, you
0: sure will take a while for Warren to process everything that he saw there, but you, like, in a fucked up way, you had one last pure, intimate moment with this woman that. that did love you at one time, but had all this fucked up shit happen to her and who through just a bunch of suffering, like almost became like the monsters that did that shit to her in a way. It was just like perpetuated that life cycle of violence, you know, and of abuse. And you, unfortunately, became the the, the victim of that, the target of that. But also, it continued on through what you did to others. Like, it's this weird weird, catastrophic chain of events of that just that just carried on. It's almost like a child that was done to her. She did to you and you did to others now. So Jenna stands up, completely naked, has blood and ash smeared on her. And she's looking up and you see like the figure of Melissa still standing there, catatonic. And she's like, Warren, you have to go. They are after you. They are going to try to get to you this is what they're going to do they're going to slowly try to chip away at you and whoever was with you whatever their resources whatever they depend upon till either they end their own lives or they come begging for forgiveness and they may very well take their lives if they do that too it's they it's not going to be instantaneous they're patient worn they will chip away and chip away and chip away and chip away and chip away until each of you and your friends will fall apart. But, Warren, there are those who will help you, okay? And then she walks up to you and she, like, trying to, like, offers her hand to help you up off your knees. Warren will get up. Listen, go with these people that you were to help. Help them do what they were doing. Find the two. Do whatever. And she points up to her. She will be your reward. Listen, what just happened between us right now is not any kind of relationship. Do you understand? It was a moment of weakness, but Cynthia had to go. I'm talking about what happened afterwards. But if you can get this done and we can survive this, I'll make sure she is your reward. Would you want that, Warren?
1: No. Warren will walk up to Melissa. He'll sigh. He will pull back her head by the hair, and then he will bite her neck and drain her dry. You you do it. But I'm going to say you're racked full of fucking guilt.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. You walk up these steps and you turn her face towards you and you just realize like this woman is no longer there or the woman that you knew or something's temporarily stopping her. And right when you start putting your head in to like bite into her neck, you see like a moment of realization come to her eyes of recognition, like they open slightly and you sink your fangs in and you feel this time a cold purpose as you drain her and you hear her heartbeat slowly slowly fade away as part of you has faded away this evening as she slowly goes limp in your arms next we'll cut to valentine valentine you walk into the shadows of one of the buildings and you see this riot is going on but you have your phone on you and you realize you have like maybe like an hour to find somewhere to to dwell
3: right. where you where you what are you doing i'm i'm far from home i i don't know where anyone else is. There's a riot going on. I just had a creeping kind of, I'm going to, I'm a little confused. I'm a little disoriented. So I'm going to look for some way to get into the sewers or get underground. You can actually find a way to do that. You
0: are actually walking on towards the west side. That's the opposite side of like the riots kind of moving east right now. And you're like going between the west side building and past the basketball court that is there and you see like those sewer openings that are in the streets you know and you could easily go down into one of those and slide down there if you wanted to i'm gonna slide down so you slide down in there and you find yourself like you drop and there's like rainwater that is still down there it's actually cement and circular right and there's actually Mm -hmm. on the sides there's like a little ledges for like people to walk on. And you see like in the middle, there's like rainwater from the rains that happened just like yesterday. But when it was raining pretty hard and everything, there's still rain that is going on in there. And as you're walking along here, you see it's like kind of dark. It's really dark. You're kind of having to feel your lo- your way as you do it. And you see that there's a tunnel. You feel there's a tunnel on the left and you kind of just walk into that tunnel you like kind of climb up into the lip of it a little bit and you go down it until you see like this little nook and you realize like this is probably the best place you're going to have to like curl up
3: at and hope for the best that no one comes upon you then. Right. I'm going to strip all my clothes off and I'm just going to almost collapse into the rainwater and just lay there and let it wash over me for a bit as I process what's happened. When you say
0: process, what how are you processing it?
3: Well, how am I feeling after drinking that blood? Is Are there any effects from it?
0: Well, well, you are one step bloodbound to Bogdan now. I mean, right. I really don't know much about this person. You know, he said he would help you out. You know that if you helped him out and you also get the I mean, like, I, I don't know if I did a good enough job as a storyteller to really explain just how alien he is. And I don't mean alien. Hmm. Like, oh, no, you, no. you did, you did. Okay, so like this guy is ingrained in this society, like, but unseenly, like, like they've just—he's like this presence that they just accept, but they don't know is there. It's almost like DNA. He has inadvertently impacted these people's DNA to where he's just like not noticed, but accepted part of what that place is. Yeah. And now you have taken the blood from someone who was that strong once, right. and not only that, you're got a humanity of three you have that anxiety flaw going on right now you're in a strange city with strange people in a strange situation you got the mentality of a child which you'll never grow out of
3: i just beasted out really just
0: beasted out and killed two kids but yet this one guy this one man who was nice enough to show you what your kind are capable of i would almost say it's like a troubled youth having a big brother I, I don't want to say like he's like a big brother, like a big mm. brother figure, but you know, I don't know in New Zealand if they have that, but like in America, they have this big yep. brother program where like these men will come and help troubled youth males and kind of give them like a father figure in a way, but they call it big brother. And it's almost like this guy is what Ophelia wanted to be to you, but this guy's better than Ophelia, you know?
3: And I guess I'm reflecting on that, on this guy I just met, him, how I feel about him, how much above me he is. And then I can't help but think of my relation to Donald as well. And and I feel like I almost empathize with Donald's situation a little more now. Oh wow. So
0: you're like saying that your relationship with Bogdan now is making you reevaluate your relationship
3: with Donald? A little bit. And how I'm thinking I need to control Donald because he's got these impulses to murder, to do horrible things. I treat him with disdain. I treat him like a almost an unwanted pet sometimes. And I'm thinking, man, so this is what he must. Uh, I hope I don't come across the same way to Bogdan. I don't want to. I'm almost thinking, is this how Donald looks at me now? These are kind of some of the thoughts going through my head. Well, I will say this, and it's good that you—you you only being
0: one step bloodbound is the reason why you're able to sit there and process. Am I coming across like Donald comes to me to him? Like you know what I mean? Like you're not. Mm. I would say if you're fully bloodbound to Bogdan, that wouldn't even be a thought in your head. Like it would be yep. like. I am in love with this man. You know what I mean? Like you want to be able to conceptualize and maybe like ponder the effect that has had on you. But it definitely has had an effect on you though. You definitely like don't you're not as skeptical as him as before. So
3: and interacting with Bogdan has kind of it's it's almost a bit of naivety, but I'm 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 viewing what's going on in the city just in my mind's eye as something beneath me and a little In a way, you know, what the humans are doing, all these uh, things going on, all these games and power plays, which, you know, not that I'm that aware of them at this stage anyway, but I'm just kind of thinking, well, I've been shown something outside of that that puts me above it or outside it. Uh, I kind of feel a bit detached from the events that took place earlier. They seem a bit insignificant compared to the significance of my meeting with Bogdan. I like that. I like that. Like you're starting to put things in scale. Now
0: you're right. Like Mm -hmm. you're starting to see. Yeah. You're really starting to see what your kind can become, you know, like that's gotta be like a, in a way, other characters have seen that, but more in a fucked up, depraved way. Like I could become like Cynthia or I could become like lose myself, you know, like, like Lenny and, and Katow have done, or like William, you know what I mean? Who's going through these force changes that were thrust upon him. But you, In an odd way like so small and so unnoticeable have seen the potential that you guys can be like like the unnoticeable one the one who's like a headache the one who came out of nowhere is the only one who's really seen just the greatness that you all can achieve in a way rather than seeing the
3: curse side of it and i'm also formulating in my head i'm thinking he mentioned i can get hold of roman i can get hold of Dunstone, and that's fueling my motivation a lot you know i'm I'm almost dead set on that at the moment and i'm thinking all these other things you know what the prince has asked me to do what the other guys expect of me or what they want to do we're working together as a team now i'm seeing that as a means to an end to yeah. get to roman and I'm, I'm trying to formulate my head how i can play along to get to that point
0: yeah because he said if you get him the location of those two you know what i mean he will he will get you roman and I,
3: I vaguely know who he was talking about, but it hasn't been at the forefront of Valentine's mind. So uh, if th- through emails, I assumed he was, through the emails from Ophelia, I s- assumed he was talking about Cynthia, uh, the pregnant Cynthia. Did you Cindy. change her name? Yeah, we were calling her Cindy. Yeah, pregnant. Cindy, sure, yeah. I'm thinking about her and I'm thinking, well, he needs her. The others know where she is or potentially we're protecting her. You know, how can I, I'm trying to think of how I can find out where she is without leading on to the the others that I need to know that. Well, we'll find out because darkness hits you as you're sitting there
0: contemplating these thoughts in the wet slumber that you are currently in right now. Everyone already blew blow pool point. We'll go back to you, Valentine, your eyes open and you see nothing. Still, you feel the water, you know what I mean? But you can like barely make out what's around you. Just like it's before you're naked there in the water. What are you going
3: to do? I guess I wake up, my mind is quite empty, I'm feeling still and peaceful, I almost, I don't even think about the events tonight before I just feel tranquil and slowly realize where I am, I'll lift, sit up where I was laying with the water running past me, and I'll take a moment to let the water dry off and get dressed again, take my, pick my phone up from the dry spot where I left it, check for messages. You
0: don't see any messages.
3: Okay, I'm going to... I'm gonna send a message to Kitao uh just saying, uh, we got split up. What happened? Where can we can I meet with you? You snap awake
0: and you for a second are getting a little discompopulated, but then you feel like the weight of the grassy bags, the large grassy bags on your left, and you feel these blankets around you and you feel like this sense of relief, like 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 oh Cause like, I can, like, that's always something to me as a storyteller, like with vampire, I'm always imagining how, like, how scared vampires would be having to like, like with their Haven, why they're so overprotected of their Haven. Cause simply just takes one person, like opening a door and you could die, you know? And so it's like surviving that being on the run like that, I'm sure is like a relief. So you wake up and you kind of like, uh, you're in the dark right now and your phone's in your pocket right now. Yeah,
1: I open it up and I look at the message from Valentine. Huh. Just, i just like, we, they, I am no longer, I have been excommunicated. Don't know about the others. Dangerous time. Don't be too obvious.
3: I just send a reply back saying oh, two question marks and then I'll say, message me if you need something. If I can help in any way.
1: I just, uh, Mr. Bass saying, find me a long-term place to stay.
3: I'll just reply with a smiley face and close my phone. I want to look on the news. You know, if, if I've got data down there, I want to look on the news too and see if there's updates about what happened the night before the riots, etc.
0: You're actually seeing that the riots are slowly starting to simmer down. That they're actually during, throughout the day, they had to like have police come in and they had to like round up people that there was protesters that there was like video recording of like of like police brutality that was going on then like now big name news stations are starting to like talk about this riot that is like not only did it consume the echo projects it started like going through the north side of Minneapolis where like businesses were like looted and like it's still like it's like they're wondering if the mayor's going to declare martial law for a second or if he's going to like put in a curfew uh, and you just see though that like it looks like that police are starting to get under control there's been talks of whether or not like national guard should be called up to help stop it but they think it's no longer a case but it's definitely like there was a lot of damage that was done in northern minneapolis but when you look through the pictures of it on your phone and you start seeing stuff you realize that like it kind of like nothing was done to the echo projects like everything around the echo projects or in other like further away from the echo projects in the north side but somehow that like The north side of the Echo Projects wasn't touched. Those four buildings
3: are still there. That's still a a reminder. All right. I'm going to make my way up onto the streets. But before I emerge from the sewers, I want to use Mask of a Thousand Faces and just disguise myself as just like a back to my hobo form. My short hobo kind of look. with my hood pulled up and everything. We will cut
0: to Lenny. Lenny, you are, you snapped awake and you feel you feel something in this freezer with you. You feel like it's close to your face. You can feel like like little breaths, like breathing. And it's kind of like shocking. It's almost awful. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Yes. What are you doing?
4: Well I mean I'm I'm in the river underwater. I can't feel breath. So like immediately it's confusion you know like i am i'm just a bit like what you know you know that's because it's like i'm I'm surrounded by water and what and then um you know obviously i'm like waking up eyes are open that kind of thing like normal uh look, like getting the sense of things around me
0: you're gonna rise to the top like open it up and come out and everything
4: yeah like am i am i in water is that's yeah, the yeah. first thing
0: yeah I'm, you're water yeah, you're underwater. You're definitely no you're in your freezer. You feel <coughs> I have like the, the dumbbell on your chest.
4: Okay. Yeah. And slide that off, open it up. I'm feeling around on my face. I don't feel I'm turning on aspects like I always do. Yeah.
0: You don't feel you know? anything around in there with you. Like you felt breath on your cheek and like swore there was someone there, but you're like moving your hands around, you know what I mean? And you, you just feel that dumbbell, you feel the freezer. It was just weird discombobulating feeling, like you almost felt something there with you. So you like open up and you're starting to like get out of you're starting to like swim up to the surface and you you like break you you break the surface of the water
4: just like i always do like consciously looking around because again it's it's like yeah survival because you don't want to be caught like small here's this guy coming up out of the river you know like all this what the fuck is that thing you know none of that No, we ain't having that. So carefully, cautiously looking around, taking in the night air, uh, observing things uh, with enhanced senses to make sure that I'm not like going to be seen.
0: Your eyes and your nose come out of the water slowly. You look around and you notice that the park is almost like you see like across through the hills of the grass. You see three cop cars are in that front parking lot that is there. And then you look to the left and you see that there's, like, two cop cars that are off in the left of the parking lot there. And you kind of are looking and you see, like, there's a couple cops that are walking with, like, flashlights through the park. And there's a moment you're like, what the fuck is this? you know? And then you, you look towards where you stash your clothes and you just see on the riverbank a figure of a little boy naked with this gash that goes down from his throat to above his navel area. But it's black. That gash is black and pure and dark, and his eyes are black and pure and dark. And he's just simply staring at you for a second. And you see his arm slowly goes out, and his fingers.
4: So he he sees me. I'm yeah. He sees my normal you. routine. I'm obfuscated.
0: Oh yeah, he sees okay. you. Okay. Okay. And his finger slowly extends out and points to where you stash your phone and your clothes. Hello.
2: Hello again, folks. I'd like to tell you about the Facebook group we run called White Wolf and Onyx Path RPGs, Gameplay and Media. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts or just media in general that deals with your favorite White Wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded one that won't be drowned out by random posts and discussions so that your media could get the attention you deserve. The group is specifically run with the sole intent of being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. The group is already immense and continuing to rapidly grow with new media being shared every day stop on by we hope to see you there